0: is the name of...
1: seat down, fellowship one with another. Let our visitors know how glad we are to have you. Well, rushers come forward to receive our offering and as you do, as they do so. Let me say it's a joy to have those that are visiting with us. And if you are visiting, we'd appreciate so much if you take just a moment to fill out a visitor's card. If you were given a bulletin this morning, there's a little card in there you can tear out. If not, the cards are located in the back of the pews, but we'd appreciate so much if you would fill one out for us. We'd like to send you some information this week about the church, but we're glad you're here. Good to have Tom Isabel up from New Orleans good to have him back in the services today and always a joy to have him home it's good to see Tom and then it's a joy to have these folks from uh, Iowa good to have them with us today appreciate them being in the services this morning I do want you to remember a couple of things in prayer Frances Cobb will be having surgery tomorrow and to remember her in prayer and also Jim Kimbrough Jim and Pat are here this morning but Jim's brother-in-law died he'll be at the Wilson's funeral home the funeral is at one o'clock tomorrow so let's be remembering all the family, be praying for them. Also want to encourage you now to be praying about uh, the project that we've got going and uh, the special offering we'll be receiving in a few weeks. I like to be in a church where they're always taking up money, don't you? <laughs> I like that, amen. I, I read somewhere one time, in fact, if you read your Bible, you'll find Jesus said more about money than he did at any other thing. So... Uh, I want to be just like Jesus as much as I can, so I'm going to say a whole lot about it. But we're excited about uh, a project that is coming up here in a few weeks, and uh, hopefully around the 1st of June we'll be able to get started. But uh, we're going to be uh, adding to the uh, auditorium, to the main entrance the auditorium. I, I say the front, but really it's the back from the boulevard. But back here, and uh, we're going to be extending uh, the end back there. Uh, And as you come in, there'll be restrooms on each side. It'll double the size of our lobby and foyer area out there. And it's going to be very nice. It will change the whole looks of the building from the front and just the way it's going to be designed and whatever there. It is really going to be nice. And then, of course, over here on the side, we're going to be putting the awning, the drive-through out there. So when you come in on a rainy day or whatever like that, you'll be able to pull under it and come into the auditorium or into the uh, Sunday School facilities in the dry so it's it's really going to look good this out here will match what is on the front so when you look at the front of it will all tie in together so we're excited about this it's going to be the biggest biggest project that we have taken bidges or whatever like that if it's the bidges that means we need a lot of money say amen right there that's a greek way of putting it but uh it will be the biggest project that we have undertaken for our chest of joe ash And on the third Sunday of May is when we'll be receiving our special offering, always a special Sunday with our Chester Joash offering. And everything is going to run us around somewhere in the neighborhood around $120,000. And on that particular day, we'd like to get a good hunk of that taken care of. And so I want you to really begin praying about a special gift. If you'd like to give anything, anytime toward it, you can. Or give over a period of time, you are any way you want to give and that day if you want to give a special gift we hope many of you will pray about a very very special gift like I say it'll really it's really going to be nice it's not just going to be half done it is going to be very very attractive it will be very very good we're excited about it but I want you to be praying about that and uh, we'll be receiving that offering the third Sunday of May and uh, so you schedule all your vacations beginning on the fourth Sunday or the second back by the third Sunday amen but uh, I, know how I, do I know how that works. And everybody waits every year to find out when the chest of Joash is and say, that's when we want to schedule our vacation. Amen. Say amen. But anyway, I want you to really pray about it. I'm looking forward to it. Are you excited about it? Say amen. Look, you just pray about it and give a special gift. Let's pray. Father, we thank you now for all the good things that are going on, for the things you're doing for us and for the things that are happening. We do pray you bless all the projects that are going on, the many, many different things that we as a church are trying to do and wanting to do to be a blessing to others and to just increase our ability to be able to serve you and honor the Lord Jesus. So bless the offering today. I pray we'll honor you in our giving. Open our hearts to the remaining part of the service. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Calm the storm, heal the broken, and raise the dead. At the name of Jesus, I've seen sin hardened men and women melted, derelicts transformed, and the light of hope put back into the eyes of the child. At the name of Jesus, hatred and bitterness turns to love and forgiveness. I've sat beside the bed of my own child in an emergency room when even a straitjacket wouldn't control him he's in such pain, such fear. And I said to the doctors, would you let me just speak to him a moment? And they said yes. I whispered in his ear the name of Jesus. And I said, Michael, mother's going to pray to Jesus. While I prayed, he went to sleep. They operated on his foot. He never woke up. Jesus, the great healer, the great redeemer. I sat beside the bedside of my mother, a dying saint, racked in pain, absolutely could not sit up, could not raise a finger, could not raise a hand. But when it came time for her to go into her eternal home, my mother took a last breath, sat up like a ten-year-old child, raised both hands into the heavens, took her last breath, into the face and arms of Jesus Christ. Yes, Jesus is the one. Emperors have tried to destroy it. Philosophers have tried to stamp it out. Tyrants have tried to wash it from the face of the earth with the very blood of those who claimed it, yet still it stands. And there shall be that final day when every voice that ever uttered a sound Every sound and voice of Adam's race shall raise in one great mighty chorus to proclaim the name of Jesus. For in that day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Ah, so you see, it was not mere chance that caused the angel one night long ago to say to a virgin maiden, his name shall be called Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, you know, there is something about the wonderful, sweet, holy name of Jesus.
1: I want you to take God's word and be finding Proverbs chapter 11 and Proverbs chapter 22. Myrna, you dropped your glasses there a while ago. Sylvia's. I noticed Myrna didn't have any trouble reading up close. Apparently it's distance, so she might want to see what you're wearing today. So we better get her glasses, amen? Proverbs chapter 11, also Proverbs chapter 22 Last Sunday morning, I began to share with you what I am calling good things in Proverbs. You read the book of Proverbs, and many, many times it describes certain things as being good. Last Sunday morning, we thought about a good man. And we looked at three verses in Proverbs that talks about a good man. We thought about the favor of a good man. Proverbs said, A good man obtaineth favor of the Lord. And, of course, it spoke about a man that is godly, that honors God and serves God. That's a good man. He's blessed of God. It talked about the family of a good man, that a good man leaveth his children an inheritance. And we thought about how that that is spiritual, more spiritual than it is material. A person is not always able to leave their children a material inheritance, but you can leave them a very rich inheritance You can leave them the memory of somebody that lived for the Lord and served God. And then we thought about the fullness of a good man, that a good man is someone that is filled in himself. That is, there is a fullness of contentment and satisfaction. This morning, I want us to think about a good name. I want you to stand as we honor the reading of his word. Proverbs 11, verse 23, we are adopting as our theme for these few weeks, but Proverbs eleven twenty three, 23, the Scripture said, the desire of the righteous is only good. The desire of the righteous is only good. Solomon is telling us that a righteous person desires good things, that someone that is righteous, someone that is just, someone that is living for God, one of the desires and passions of their heart Is that which is good well as I said in the book of Proverbs there are many good things that are described like Solomon is saying that the righteous desires good things and then he explains what some of those good things are Proverbs chapter 22 verse 1 we find another one of those good things that are righteous that the righteous desire and that is a good name Proverbs 22 verse 1 The Scripture said a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Let me read that to you again. Proverbs said that a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Let me read to you one more verse of Scripture. I don't have this one on the screen, but uh, Ecclesiastes 7 verse 1, you might jot this one down. But Solomon said that a good name is better than precious ointment. Let me read those two things together. Solomon said, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. A good name is better than precious ointment. Thank you. you. may be seated. Let's pray, and then this morning we'll think about the matter of a good name. You see, the righteous not only desires to be a good man, but the righteous desire to have a good Name. Let's pray. Our Father, this morning in Jesus' name, we do thank you for your care. We thank you, Lord, for your love. And Lord, we thank you for the watching over of our lives. We thank you so much for what you mean to us as our Lord. We thank you for the power that is in your name. We thank you for the power that is in your word. And we ask you today that you might empower the servant of God And I pray that you might freshly anoint the Word of God so that everything that happens today is a powerful happening. Lord, speak to our hearts today. Speak to us about the good things of the Lord. Speak to us about good things we should desire. Lord, speak to us today about a good name. Lord, put within all of our hearts to want to live in such a way that we have a good name. So bless the Word of God. Help us to glean from the... Wonderful book of God today. Thank you again for all that you've made available for the study of your word and the declaring of your word for it is in Jesus name we pray. Amen. I think about a list of names that I recently came across. I don't know if I found it somewhere. or Someone sent it to me, but it's a list of names that certain ones in certain professions can give to your children. If you are in a certain profession they recommended some names to give to your children for example I won't read them all don't have time to read them all but a good name for a lawyer's daughter is the name Sue that would be a good one amen a good name for a thief's son would be Rob a good name for a doctor's son and this is very fitting name a good name for a doctor's son would be Bill can we all get an amen right there I like this one. A good name for a steam shovel operator's son would be Doug. A good name for a cattle thief's son would be Russell. A good name for an ironworker's son would be Rusty. A good name for sound technician's son, a sound technician's son would be Mike. A good name for a movie star's son would be Oscar. A good name for a barber's son would be Harry. I thought this was interesting. A good name for a plumber's son, John would be a good name. (laughs) And then another one, a good name for a politician's daughter. Now, this wouldn't get all politicians in. I know some good politicians, but I think it would fit the majority of them. But a good name for a politician's daughter, Patsy. Can I get an amen right there? Well, there's all kinds of names, and we think of many things when we think of names. I'll be honest with you, I find that the study of names is a very, very interesting study. I have always enjoyed studying words, and I've always enjoyed studying names, not just names of the Bible, but names in general. Until around 1100, most people in Europe had only one name. You went with John, Bill, whatever your name was, and and as population increased and whatever, then they began to add surnames. And surnames came from primarily four sources. It could come, some surnames came from a person's occupation such as John Cook or John Miller. Some names came from locations such as John Overhill or John Brook or Brooks. Some names were patronymical, which would mean like uh, John's son, which would give us John's son, or William's son son, which would give us William's son, and then some names, surnames came from characteristics such as John Small or John Short or John Longfellow and whatever like that. Surnames were added because of the increase in population. I've enjoyed studying my own name. I would encourage many of you to do a search of your family and learn a little bit about your family tree and family history, and I have found I have enjoyed trying to learn something about the trivet name. Often spelled sometimes with an E on the N and sometimes it doesn't have an E on the end. Some members in my own family, brothers and sisters, and a couple of generations back Some would put an E on the end of their name, some didn't put an E on the end of their name Why? I have no idea, but I've enjoyed studying my own surname I have found in the study of my own surname that the trivet name is of Viking origin Viking came from the Viking Norsemen who took the section of France now called Normandy. And I find and believe that all the trivets in America and in Canada, uh, they came from one trivet by the name of William Trivet that was awarded land in England by William the Conqueror after the invasion of England around 1060 or 1066. Actually, our name is Triv, T-R-I-V. And the name or the little letters E-T-T was a title that was influenced by the French Norman language. It's an interesting thing to study your name and study your ancestry and whatever. But I want to say to you this morning, more important than the history of your name is the kind of name that you have. I ask you this morning, regardless of the history of your name, what the history of your surname or whatever it may be, what? Kind of name do you have? I think of how on April the 15th, back in 1865, Dr. Samuel Mudd, and you know the story how the actor Wil- Wil- John Wilkes Booth stopped in and had Dr. Mudd to treat his broken leg. And there's been much controversy through the years as to whether or not Dr. Mudd knew or had anything to do with the assassination of President Abraham Lincoln. Just recently, and there was a, uh, a congressman from Maryland that introduced the Samuel Mudd Relief Act and his ancestors have sought the pardon of, of Dr. Samuel Mudd. Guilty or not, we may never know, but the little phrase, his name is Mudd, has been left over. Would your name today be Mudd or would you have a good name? Solomon talks about good things. Last week, as I said, we thought about a good man. Today, I want us to think about the matter of a good name. Do you have a good name? Well, As I look at the book of Proverbs, I find there are at least three types of names that are found in the book of Proverbs. I want to point these out, ending up with the good name in our text in Proverbs 22 and verse 1. The first name that I want to point out to you is found in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 7. And it is what I call a disgraceful name. The first one is a disgraceful name found in Proverbs chapter 10 and notice verse 7. A disgraceful name. Notice what Solomon said in Proverbs 10 and verse 7. The Bible said in Proverbs 10 verse 7 that the memory of the just is blessed. Notice this, but the name of the wicked shall rot. Look at that last statement again, but the name of the wicked. The first name that I find in in Proverbs is the name of the wicked. This is a disgraceful name. This is a deplorable name. It is the name of the wicked. Now, what do we mean when we talk about the name of the wicked? Well, let me just point out two things. For one thing, I think about the sin associated with the name of the wicked. You see the word wicked there or the name wicked that is used there? In a very simple way, it simply talks about a very bad person. It is a word that about someone that is extremely ungodly. It is talking about somebody that is immoral. It is a very wicked, a very sinful, a very immoral, a very evil person. It is a name that is associated with sin there are certain names and we think of we always think about the wicked things they did or the evil things or the bad things they did i would mention the name charles manson what do you think of when you think of the name of charles manson whenever you hear that name you immediately think about someone that led and was responsible for the murders of sharon tate and others i have seen charles manson on tv in interviews And just looking at the man, looking in his eyes and listening to what he has to say, it's very obvious that he's a very, very evil man. In fact, you listen to him and look at him, you almost think this is a man that is possessed by the very devil himself. But an evil man, whenever you hear the name Charles Manson, you think of the evil things that he did. When you hear the names Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy, what do you think of? You think about serial killers. You think about the evil things they did and their rampage that took many, many lives. When you think about the name Adolf Hitler, what do you think of? You think about an evil man and an evil way of thinking that led and was responsible to death of over 6 million Jews. You see, there are some names when you just hear those names and you think of those names, there is sin or evilness or wickedness that is associated with the name. He talks about the name of the wicked, the sin associated with the name. But there's something else that he talks about. Second of all, he talks about the shame attached to the name. For you notice verse 7, he talks about the memory of the just and he also talks about the name of the wicked. He contrasts the just and the wicked. He talks about the just and he says that the memory of the just is a blessed thing. Those that live for God, those that honored God, those that please God in their life, when they're gone, when you think of their name, it is a blessed thing. You think about somebody that honored God. You think about somebody that loved God. They touched your life as we thought about last Sunday and a good man leaving his children an in inheritance. You think about a name that is sweet. You think about a, about a name that is sacred. You think about a name that is special. The memory of the just is blessed. But the name of the wicked is opposite of the memory of the just. In fact, he says in verse 7 that the name of the wicked shall rot. Rather than being a memory that is blessed, it is a name that shall rot. And what he's talking about is a life that has been lived, the kind of life that is lived, that has brought decay to any hope of a good name. Is the kind of life that this individual lived that has brought decay to any chance of that individual being remembered for anything but how they lived and the things they did. Here's a name that is attached to shame or shame is attached to that name. You'll never think of that name without the shame that is attached to that name. Even when they live, there is the sin associated with that name. Even when they're gone, there's the shame that is attached to that name. It is the name of the wicked. Now, I ask you this morning, who would want to live with that kind of name? Who would want to be known as an ungodly person? Who would want to live and live in life and whenever somebody thought of your name, they thought of somebody that was evil. They thought of somebody that was wicked. They thought of somebody that was immoral. They thought about somebody that lived a sinful life. Who would want that kind of name? And who would want to live in such a way and have the kind of name that even when you're gone, that whatever you've thought of, immediately there comes to the minds of the people the way that you live. How do people think about you this morning? When they think of you, do they think, or do they say to themselves, he or she lives like the devil himself? When they think of you, do they think of somebody that is mean as a striped snake? Your name comes up, and immediately that which comes to their mind, you better watch that feller, watch that woman. She is mean as a striped snake. When somebody thinks of your name, do they think of somebody that is always in trouble? Do they think of somebody that just lives an immoral life? Do they think, well, right there, when your name is mentioned, do they think that is the most foul-mouthed man I've ever heard in my life or the most foul-mouthed woman I've ever heard of? Solomon said that the name of the wicked shall rot. The life that you live can bring decay to any chance of people thinking of you in any other way but how you lived and how you behaved in life. It's a name that I don't think anybody should want. It is a name of disgrace, amen? It is a name of the wicked, a disgraceful name. Now look in Proverbs 21, verse 24. Let me point out a second name that is found in Proverbs. A disgusting name, and I'll clarify why. I call it a disgusting name in just a moment. In Proverbs 21, 24, the Bible says, proud and haughty scorner is his name who dealeth in proud wrath. Solomon not only talks about the name of the wicked, how the name of the wicked shall rot, someone that lives an ungodly, immoral life, but now in Proverbs 21, 24, he talks about a name that is disgusting to others, a person with a disgusting name. What do I mean when I talk about someone with a disgusting name? What is Solomon talking about? A proud and haughty scorner is his name. Well, let me point out two things. One, it is describing a hateful person. When he talks about this person here, he's he describes this person in several ways, specifically as being a scorner. Verse 24, a proud and a haughty scorner is his name. That word scorner literally means to make mouths. Originally, the word was used, and when it was used in a positive way, it spoke of someone interpreting a language. We might call them a translator. Someone that would take someone speaking in one language and translate it into another language to be understood by those that are hearing. Someone interpreting another language. But when it was used in a negative sense, it just simply described someone that ran their mouth someone to make mouth a scorner and he talks about this scorner. for example look in chapter 22 verse 10 you have a good description of a scorner chapter 22 verse 10 the bible said cast out the scorner and contention shall go out yea strife and reproach shall cease that's a good description of a scorner solomon said if you'll cast out the scorner you'll cast out contention You get rid of the scorner, then you'll get rid of strife. What He's saying is that a scorner is someone that causes strife. That a scorner is someone that causes contention. That a scorner is someone that causes trouble. When He talks about a scorner, He is talking about somebody that is a troublemaker. He's talking about somebody that is always complaining. He's talking about somebody that is always griping. And they're always tearing down other people. They're always talking about other people. They are somebody that causes contention. You could say they're a very hateful person. Notice how he describes a scorner. He describes him as being proud and haughty. Those are two different words, but they have basically the same meaning. It talks about someone that is very arrogant. It is descriptive of somebody that is self-centered. They always see themselves as right. Their opinions is clouded by their own self-centeredness. They're not able to see the right view or the proper view. They are so self-centered that they are everything in the right views of what is right and what is wrong is clouded by their own self-centeredness. In fact, I was reading Proverbs nine, which is, which is the chapter that relates to this particular day. And I think about what he said in verse 7, He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame, and he that rebuketh the wicked man getteth himself a, a blot. In other words, what Solomon is saying is, you can't tell a scorner anything. You can't talk to a scorner. You can't help a scorner see what is right. You can't bring a scorner to a proper understanding. He is so self-centered and so locked up in his own arrogant way that he doesn't see anything except through his own opinions and his own views. He is proud. He is haughty. He is arrogant. He is self-centered. And Solomon said in our text here that the proud and haughty scorner is somebody that dealeth in wrath he deals in wrath in other words the scorner in his arrogant and haughty way seeks to hurt others by what they say and by what they do the scorner is somebody that runs their mouth a scorner is somebody that causes contention a scorner is somebody that is always tearing down others and when they're around other people they air out their gripes they air out their complaints They air out their dislikes, whatever. And when they're around them, the reason they air them out is they're trying to hurt the person that they're mad at or dislike to the person they're speaking to. They want to what they try to do and air it out. When they get around, I can see them, they get together little groups and whatever. They begin, the name comes up, and they begin to tear that individual down and put them down or make this little remark or make this little quip about them. And what their intention is, is to try to persuade the other individual to think like them, to feel like them. They don't like this person, and they want everybody else to dislike them. They try to poison the mind of other people with their little things and what they say and what they do, trying to get them to take their side. And again, their whole intention is to hurt others. You've heard someone say about an individual, you better watch him, he'll cut your throat if he gets a chance. Or you better watch her because if she gets a chance, she'll cut your throat in a heartbeat. You've heard that said about someone, they're talking about a scorner. A very hateful person, someone arrogant, self-centered. And what they do, and their whole point is, is they run their mouth and try to tear down other people. A hateful person. But may I say, second of all, that a scorner is not only a hateful person, but it is a hated person. Look in Proverbs twenty four, verse nine. Here's an interesting statement about a scorner. Are you following me this morning, say amen? Proverbs 24, verse 9, the Bible said, the thought of foolishness is sin. Now notice this next statement. And the scorner is an abomination to men. You read the Bible and you'll find that many times God talks about things that are abomination to him or the Bible speaks about that which is abomination to God. But Proverbs 24, 9 said that a scorner is abomination to men. You see that word abomination, it simply means disgusting. That's why I get the name a disgusting name. What he's is saying is that a scorner is not only hateful to others, but a scorner is hated by others. It is someone that is disgusting to other people. They're so self-centered and so arrogant and all they do is tear down this person and usually they've got one person there on their trail and every time they get together with their friends or whatever, they are putting this person down, putting this person down. Solomon said that kind of individual is a disgusting, despicable individual to other people. They're hated by others. The people they work with don't like them. The people that work for them don't like them their neighbors don't like them their acquaintances don't like them they have very few friends and what friends they have they don't keep very long And you'll usually find that a scorner has this little group of friends or a friend here for a little while and they spend all their time with this one and after a while it's someone else and they go from people to people because why they have very few friends and they don't keep their friends long because people after a while get tired of the griping and the complaining of the scorner. They get tired of that bitter way of looking at things and that bitter way of putting things. Even their family doesn't like them. Even their own children hate to be around them. It is a scorner. And Solomon said a scorner is an abomination to man. They're a hateful person. They are a hated person. Listen to me this morning. I'd hate to be that kind of individual, wouldn't you? I I don't think I am. You would be a better judge of that. But I would hate to think that I would be thought of as a scorner. That when my name come up, someone would just, they would just, inside, they'd think about a person they just dislike, somebody they don't want to be around, someone they don't enjoy being around because of the way they run their mouths and put other people down, a disgusting individual. Solomon said they're an abomination to man. It's a disgusting name. Who wants the name of the wicked? Who wants a name that is marked by disgrace? Who wants a name that is marked by disgust? the name of the scorner. But look in Proverbs 22, verse 1, and I now come to my text. That was my introduction. Can I get an amen? There is a disgraceful name, the name of the wicked. Nobody wants that kind of name. Nobody wants to be remembered as a wicked individual. A disgusting name, the name of the scorner. Who wants that kind of name or who wants to be that kind of people? But in Proverbs 22, 1, you have a delightful name. For Solomon said, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. And as I read from Ecclesiastes 7.1, a good name is better than precious ornament. He is talking about a good name. Now this is the name that the righteous desires. Again, he talked about in Proverbs 11 that the righteous desires only that which is good And one of the good things that a righteous person desires is a good name Solomon talks about that good name. What is the good name? May I say two things about a good name one thing? obviously a good name is a name that others admire a Good name is a name that a person has that is admired by others. It is a name that is respected by others It is a name of honesty. It is a name of dependability. It is a name of integrity. It is a name of respect. I know that all of you have heard the name Honest Abe, a nickname of our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln. I mentioned him a moment ago. But he was named or called by many that knew him as a young man. Even up in the latter years of his life, he was often referred to as Honest Abe. And the reason people spoke of him as honest A was because of the honesty that he had so exemplified his life through the years. I think about in Carl Sandburg's great biography on Abraham Lincoln, he tells about how on one occasion when Lincoln was just a young store clerk and it was about closing time and this woman walked in and she asked for a half pound of tea. Well, Lincoln weighed the tea out And the next morning he came in, she was the last customer. The next morning when he came in, he noticed a four-ounce weight lying on the scale. And it dawned on him that he had cheated because that ounce was laying there Then he had shorted the lady that had bought the tea the day before four ounces. Now, most people wouldn't think that much about it, but it bothered Abraham Lincoln. It bothered him greatly. In fact, it bothered him to the point that he weighed out the balance of the half pound of tea and shut the store and carried it to his defrauded customer. No wonder he was known as Honest Abe. You've heard the phrase sterling silver. It's a measurement by which silver is measured. All silver having a content of .925 fine silver is marked sterling. It's a stamp of quality. But have you ever thought about, do you know where the phrase sterling came from? Over 700 years ago in Germany, it was a firm of merchants that dealt in priceless metals. And the name of this firm was the one, the family that ran it was Easterling. And the Easterlings were so upright in their dealings that the gold and the silver they circulated became the standard in that day of the correct quality and the content of metal. They were so upright in their dealings that if they, whatever silver they meted out, then everybody knew that that was the kind of silver whatever. And so what happened through the years, the word Easterling was abbreviated as sterling. And so whenever today someone speaks of sterling silver, it is really a testimony of a family that lived 700 years ago. A good name, a good name. I want to say to you today that a good name is a priceless treasure to have. To have a good name is one of the greatest commodities of life. To have a good name and your name not blotted by dishonesty and your name not blotted by immorality. Your name not being blotted by all these negative things. To have a good name is a very very priceless treasure it is a name that others admire that when people think of you they think not only of a good man they think of a good name it is a name that others admire but second of all look at Proverbs 22 1 it is a name that one acquires for notice what he said it is a name that others admire but it's a name that one acquires a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. In other words, a good name is acquired. It's a chosen name. It is a name that is earned. It is a name that is merited for several things. It is a name that somebody acquires. It is a name chosen, a name that is earned. You can't lie and have a good name. You can't lie to people. You can't stretch the truth to people and have a good name. Amen? The way you look at it. If you lie to people, I don't care how they reason it out in Washington or in our society, if you lie, you're a liar. And you can't lie and have a good name. You can't cheat and have a good name. You can't use people. You can't abuse people and have a good name. You can't have to do your job and have a good name. No, a good name is acquired. A good name is earned. Most of the time it's earned. It takes a lifetime to earn it, but it's a priceless treasure, as I said. But a good name is chosen. A good name is earned. I think about Martin Luther King Jr. in one of his great speeches, I Have a Dream. And he made this statement, I have a dream that my four children will one day live in a nation where they'll not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. I agree with that. A man should not be judged by the color of his skin. Nobody should look at somebody and judge them whether they be black or white or nobody should judge an individual by the color of their skin the color of a person's skin their nationality or race shouldn't mean a hill of beans to anybody we do not judge a people by the color of their skin but I do promise you one thing ultimately you will be judged by the content of your character whether you are black or white whether you are red green or purple somewhere you will be judged ultimately you'll be judged by the content of your character John Wooden who was the basketball coach of UCLA for a number of years he said be more concerned with your character than your reputation your character is what you really are while your reputation is merely what others think Calvin Coolidge said we do not need more knowledge we need more character would you not agree with me that there is a huge deficit of character in the United States of America all the way from the White House to the church house there is a deficit of character and Coolidge was right that what we need is more character what is character DL Moody said that character is what you are in the dark one has said our character is what we do when we think no one is looking and another said the measure of a man's character is what he would do if he knew that he would not be found out Horace Greeley wrote fame is a vapor popularity is an accident riches take wings only one thing endures character now you listen to me you can't have a good name without character you can't have a good name without integrity you can't have a good name, and I repeat, you can't lie to people and have a good name. You can't cheat people and have a good name. You can't use people and have a good name. You can't abuse people and have a good name. You can't have to do your job and have a good name. You only have a good name if there is some character about you. And may I say this morning that every Christian ought to have a good name. Am I not right? There are a lot of people going to hell because of people going to heaven. Can I say that again? There are a lot of people going to hell because of people going to heaven. I think about a man I witnessed to one time. I told him my name. I told him where I was from, Temple Baptist Church, and he just kind of stood there for a moment, and he said, uh, does so-and-so go over to your church? I said, yes. And then they proceeded to tell me how they had cheated them. Not of what you're thinking. You're thinking, who is it? I wonder if I was to grab a hymn book said, I'm going to hit the person. I'm talking about how many of you would duck if I slung it across the building. (laughs) Amen. But how many people have we met in life that pointed out, and it's excuse. I know it is an excuse. It is a satanic originated excuse. I don't go to church because of the hypocrites there. Well, you know him as a hypocrite because you saw him down at the bar. You saw him over here. You saw him there. That's why you know they're a hypocrite. But yet you'll sit over there with them. You'll go here with them and whatever. But you want to go to church? It's an excuse. I understand that. But many people have stumbled in life because of the way somebody that proclaimed the name of Jesus Christ lived, behaved, and acted. That a terrible name. And the result was it turned others off as they would say, if that is a Christian, I'm a Christian because they're no better than I am. If there's anybody that ought to have a good name, it's a Christian. Anybody that ought to have a good name down at the workplace, it ought to be the Christian. I mean, if there's anybody down there that's lazy, it shouldn't be the Christian. If anybody down there cheats on the time clock, it shouldn't be the Christian. If anybody down there would steal or rob or their employ, whether it be time or possessions, it should not be the Christian. I'm talking about if it's anybody that ought to have a good name, it ought to be those who know Christ as their Savior. Now I ask you today, what kind of name do you have? Solomon talked about the name of the wicked. Solomon talked about the name of the scorner. He talked about a good name, a good name that somebody acquires That's the name we should all want. Someone wrote, it's entitled, Your Name. Listen to it. It came from your father. It was all that he had to give. So it's yours to use and cherish as long as you may live. If you lose the watch he gave you, it can always be replaced. But a black mark on your name Can never be erased So make sure you guard it wisely Angel if you turn around Everybody can see him a little better That's my grandson amen So make sure you guard it wisely After all is said and done You'll be glad the name is spotless when you give it to your son, what kind of name do you have? Solomon talks about a good name. We don't. None no, of us. I don't think anybody in here wants to have the name of the wicked. I don't think you want to be the kind of person that has a name of a scorner. You want to have a good name. Now let's stand there, faith. I'm going to tell you how to start. I'm going to tell you how where, what is, where the starting point is to be in the kind of person that I describe as a good name. You know where it starts? It starts by coming to Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That's where it starts. That is really how your life can be changed. And that's where your life can be made different through the Lord Jesus Christ you come to Jesus he'll make you a new man he'll forgive you of your sins and give you a new life and with a new life comes a new heart with a new heart comes new desires and a new ambition in life the pathway that leads and ultimately will bring a good name if you're here in the building today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior won't you come to him today I think of all good names. There is no good name. There is no name as good or great as the name of Jesus. We sung about it earlier. It is a name above all names. We can think of many good names, but the name above them all is the name of Jesus Christ. And Acts says there is no other name given among men under heaven whereby men must be saved. And maybe today you need to come to the Lord Jesus and accept Him as your Savior. I want to tell you something. Jesus, if he said he'll save you, who will save you. His word is true. That you can believe. He has a good name. And you can come to him. Do that this morning. And then I want to challenge you this morning. Remember what he said in our theme verse that the desire of the righteous is good, is only good. That a righteous desires good things. A righteous person desires to be a good man And a righteous person desires a good name. We can sing in just a moment. Maybe many of you slip out of your seat and just come and just kneel and say, Dear Lord, first of all, Lord, I'm not saved. And I want to come to Jesus today. And I want to be saved. And I want someone to show me how to be saved. There are people here that will meet you and show you from the Bible how to be saved. I want you to do that. There may be some who may want to get up out of their seat and come and say, I've been saved, but I have been living for God. I've been away from God. I want to come, and I want to get right with God. I want to live for God. I want to serve Him. There may be some here today that want to get up out of your seat and come down here and say, I want to unite with Temple Baptist Church. This is where I want to serve God. This is where I want my membership to be. This is where I want to have my family. This is where I want to attend and serve God. There may be others that want to come today and say, I need somebody just to pray with me. But there may be some just want to slip out of your seat and walk down here and say, God, I want you to help me. I, I, I want to be a person with a good name. Maybe you've made mistakes, but you can, you can correct those through the years. You just, from this day on, live better. Live better. And the more you honor God, the more you live God for God, the more you'll cover up the mistakes of the past. But just come and say, Lord, I want, I want to have a good name. I want to leave my children a good name. I want when people think of me, I don't want them to think about me as a wicked person. I don't want them to remember me as somebody that they just hated to be around, hated to see coming. I want to have a good name. Will you come? Father, in Jesus' name. I pray you speak to us today. First of all, help us be righteous. Help us be, first of all, righteous in Jesus Christ. Then to just simply live right And a person who wants to live right is going to desire good things. God, make us all good men, good women. God, give us all, help us all to have a good name. May we represent in our daily life everything that is good, everything that is conducive to a good name. Lord, help us to live the way you'd want us to live in this world. This old world tells us that you can't get by and be an honest person, but dear God, you tell us otherwise. This old world tells us that you can't succeed without cheating and stepping on people to do so, but Lord, your word tells us otherwise. Lord, your word tells us that when the smoke clears, the honest man is the one that'll be at the top, and the good man is the one that'll survive. Lord, help us to... Not listen to this old world, but help us to listen to you and honor you so that when it's all said and done, that when people think of us, we'll have a good name. Speak to us today. Lord, Fair people in this room that are not saved, save them today. Let them come to Jesus. Lord, I pray today, let them come, save them. People away from God, let them come give their life to God. Let them live for you. Let them serve you, Lord. They've been away from you, ha- treating you. Uh, lightly taking the things of God lightly. God, let them come today and let them just give their life to God. May they make Jesus Lord of their life. Father, I pray you speak to all of our hearts and put within us a desire for that which is good. In Jesus' name, amen.